Hello and welcome to episode 88 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to encourage you to build your business your own way. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand marketing consultant. And today I am once again joined by Nicolene Eladad to share her business journey and story so far. So welcome back to the show, Nicolene. Thanks for having me, Tammy. I'm so excited for this. I feel so inspired after our last recording, our last episode, that my brain has just been racing the whole time. So (laughs) listeners, in the last episode, Nicolene and I were talking about creating multiple income streams, the benefits and practicalities of finding the right ones for you, and just kind of a really inspiring conversation around building multiple businesses and how it is within your reach and where to start. So definitely pop that one on the playlist if you missed it. But today we're talking all about you and your business journey, your multiple business journey. So (laughs) I feel like there's going to be a lot to pack into this episode if last one was anything to go by. So let's start right at the beginning. And what was it that inspired you to start that very first business of yours? Well, my husband and I started our first business um, literally the day we got back from our honeymoon. And we started it from my mom's garage because we lived with her for the first four years. And so we have started it with absolutely nothing. We had a few cents in the bank and we started this business. And the the whole idea, Tammy, was for me just to help him out for a couple of weeks to get the business off the ground. And then I would go back into the beauty industry, which is where I was originally from. And the two of us, we met overseas. We worked on cruise liners for almost five years. And then when we got home um, and we decided to live in South Africa, we knew that it would be easier for my husband to start his own business than to find a job. So um, yes, with the English, barrier and my husband speaks you know three different languages we thought let me just help him out you know get his feet into the ground and now 14 years later I'm still helping him grow businesses which um for most couples who could not imagine working together but they get to live and be married which is great my husband and I cannot imagine not living and working together it is truly just something that I think we were made to do we're a perfect yin and yang um it wasn't always easy in the beginning but once you get to learn learn which strengths and weaknesses you have and to be open about that and to know from the get-go what each person's job is going to be inside the business, it makes it so much easier to work together. And even today, if he comes home and he's got a new business idea, we kind of role play automatically, like why would it not work? What might will make it work? What's the potential for the business? Who would it be impacting? And then the conversation will usually just dry and we'll leave it. And it's usually in this marinated state where both of us individually will think about something and then we'll bring it back to the table. But yes, we're a very big power couple together. Um, I love spending time with him. And that's how we started from our garage. Um, But it was very much a taking a risk kind of business. We were importing goods and selling them to the trade. And we literally our warehouse, which today we have a proper, you know, thousand square meter warehouse, but then it was a metal cupboard that was as big as it was. Like we would be able to afford like buying 10 items, importing it at a very high expended price and then sell it to someone locally. And I just, you know, Tammy, I cringe when I think of having to invite someone to our house and then they would have to go into the garage, which we 
built very nicely out. We laid the wooden floors ourselves. There was drywalling up, you know, oh my goodness. When I look at these home makeover shows on TV, I think, oh, we could have done so much better, but we did what we did. <laughs> and I'm, I'm proud of myself for that, but that's how it started. But six months into the business, we knew that we needed to get our name out. We needed to surround ourselves with other people that do what we do so that we can be seen by other clients. So we literally spent every last cent we had in our bank account. We actually worked it out that we can go to an expo, which is in another major city in town. And we um, had to literally pack the entire car with all the stuff that we had. We had to, like Tammy, we get we went to this expo. Now, just to explain to the listeners, it's, a, it's where thousands of dollars are spent on building these beautiful stands. And here we come, my husband and I, we got the last spot on the last minute, literally into the show. We printed posters and stuck them up on a wall. Like, and I even blew up balloons, Tammy. When I think about it now, I'm like, what did you do woman? Like, this is not the level that without competition was doing, but we did it. We were there for three days. We absolutely loved it. It was, we were in our space and everybody around us was selling what we were selling. So we knew the people that were coming there was our ideal clients. All we had to do was just be ourselves and show our product and tell them why we're the best choice. Um, everything that you could imagine went wrong during the three days. On our first day, both our cell phones got stolen. Um, on the last day, our car broke down and I lost both of my wedding rings. Now, this dramatically happened. I, I felt like the whole universe was against us. I thought like, you know, we came here, we have no money left. Like we had enough gas money to take us a 12 hour drive back home and then we would have nothing. Mm -hmm. And as we were driving with this broken car to try to get back to the venue to hopefully find my ring that was left next to the bathroom and um, I say to my husband do you feel like the universe is trying to tell us something and he's like no it's a crap car and we should just fix it like that's how he was looking at it like don't overthink it and eventually long story short we got the car fixed found the rings and on our way back home driving on that Monday morning there was a silence in the car because this was an opportunity now where we both knew like this is a make or break because if the phone doesn't start ringing it meant that we'll now have to go deliver pizza, which was also fine. We both did that in the past. So we're okay with that. And then Tammy, the phone rang and I still get goosebumps when I think about the seven calls we got on the drive back home. And again, I want to make sure the listeners understand people did not order millions from us. In fact, they ordered only one or two products, but it was the light at the end of the tunnel for us. It was that sign that we were looking for, whether or not we're on the right path. And I know so many business owners just need that light. It, it's, it's almost like, yes, you're okay. You're going to be okay. Just keep doing what you're doing. And that's what we did. We started... Um, doing that. And then every year we just grew our business a little bit more and a little bit more. But my husband and I always look at what else we could possibly do. Like the, the, the whole expanding of business world is really our thing. And that's where we started off making multiple businesses, but I'm going to let you <laughs> speak first time. I feel like I'm taking over the whole thing, but I get so excited no. when I talk about this. No, no, no. I mean, this is your episode. So absolutely. Like the, the, the listeners are here to listen to you. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'm just here to facilitate the conversations. So you've got someone to talk to. Um, but I am curious because usually I ask about what the move from full-time employment to self-employment looks like. But I feel like there's a much better question that I can ask with you because you kind of already covered how that transition came about. Um, so my question would be, because now how many businesses, is it, how many businesses do you own now? It's seven. Seven. So with multiple chains and multiple... Yes. Yeah, yes. an additional income on top of that. So 
my question would be when you started out that first business and then you had your expo you were driving home you had those seven calls in 12 hours that were that that was the start of all of this at what point did you go you know what instead of just putting everything into this business which is generally kind of the thought process that most people I would say sweeping generalization would have you were like Mm -hmm. you know what we're going to start a second business so what did that thought process look like we didn't have that in the beginning and we did that happened when we received a bad service from an expense that we had every single month and we were not happy with that so our first additional business was actually born um, out of not being happy with the accounting services that we were getting at that stage my husband and I do have a very high level of what we expect when we pay someone good money for something Mm -hmm. and we ended up saying well why don't we just start our own accounting firm that will not only give us our best advice but that can also service other clients who also are like us who wants to grow their businesses and who wants to save money and invest properly and you know like just get the best true advice. And I also thought that this would give us an opportunity to also advise other people on how to grow and scale their businesses faster. So that was our first additional business that was actually born from a bad experience that we have, but it's something that we need on a monthly basis. But just to explain to me, when we moved out of the garage after our first year, we rented a specific space in the main street in town. And this was going to be our first store. We were super excited about it. But initially when we moved in, we said to ourselves, we will need to bring in a new product or service that will solely cover the rent. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times business owners make the mistake that they'll start something that works really well and then they want to expand by getting a bigger premises or hire more staff, but they don't look at how's that expense going to be covered additionally. Yes, you can say, okay, we're just going to sell more stuff, but you have to be so specific because we knew that we were going to bring in a new product line. If we sell you know, 200 of these items, it will cover the rent. It took off all the pressure of whether or not we will be safe. And when you have a specific structure like that it makes it more clear it makes it more organized you feel more in control and to some people this might sound logic this is something they would have done but to a lot of people they overthink this they just think okay well we'll just sell more because we'll get more clients but then it might also feel to like you're not growing because where's all that money going now and it's going into the extra staff it's going into the rent but if for example let's say you're in a salon business and you now need a a better sorry a bigger premises or you want to open an additional from the get-go you need to know I need to sell this many products from the shelf or I need to bring in two extra staff and all the money they generate will cover all expenses then you know what path you're on then you know you're organized and it just makes it so much more calmer and more relaxed doing things because money is something that holds most people back when it comes to growing just because of the fear of what if I don't have enough yeah yeah absolutely I can yeah I I just don't really even know how to add to that because you've just laid out such a logical solution to a problem that I know that there are so many people that mm-hmm. that do struggle with. And it's a really interesting take on rather than just sell more or now that I'm in the position with extra, I don't know, time, resources, space, whatever is relevant to you, instead of just focusing on more of the same, introducing something new, um, it, it just seems to make 
perfect sense. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be complicated. Like I'll use the beauty industry again. I'm, I'm coming from there. So I love that. Yeah. But you can have one specific treatment, um, whether it's hair extensions, for example, that you do. And you say, if I do 10 hair extensions in a month, that will cover our rent. Then you know that is your goal. And mm-hmm. as long as you focus on getting those booked in first or your whole team and your receptionist and everybody knows that this is our aim and this is the next goal and this is the next goal, whether it's product sales or rebookings. And there's so many ways you can make money just from your current business, Tammy, that I think a lot of people are leaving on the table, but we'll do that in a different show. (laughs) But this is just to explain that you can have something specific. And as long as you know what the amount is that you need to make and how many of that you need to have booked in, you can have it much more organized and you will not feel that, that pressure from day to day. Yeah. So I'm curious as well, because now that you run seven businesses and obviously multiple portfolios, both personally and professionally, when it comes to being organized like it sounds like you're a very organized and structured structurally minded when it comes to your approach to business and there are two of you so it's you and your husband how do you manage like the sheer volume of having seven different businesses because for me it just feels like for me and listeners I hope that you relate to this where I'm just like (laughs) I do not know how I cope with one business I know that I can do a second business I know I could probably Mm -hmm. squeeze in a third business but equally I feel like there's so many compromises and I know a lot of this is coming from kind of um uncertainty and and fear-based because it's like I haven't done this before once I've done it I know it'll be okay But seven businesses and multiple portfolios feels like such an insane amount. And I know that you've also said in the last episode, you're working less than you ever have. Mm -hmm. So how, (laughs) how, just how, how did that shift happen? There's, there's a few things that I think is important for people to keep in mind, Tammy, but the, the very, very first thing, and I think it's probably the most important is that I understand that my business needs to run without me in order to be successful. And this is the biggest thing that I see with my clients when I do one-on-one coaching with them now that is hard. They think their business will never survive without them. No one can do what I do. I am the business. And yes, in many cases, it starts off like that, but you can structure your business to run 100% without you, even though I always advise my clients to be involved in their business, but the business should be able to run without you. You need to be able to build a super team. I believe that my franchise is a success because I found a body double. And my assistant is literally a copy of me. In fact, she knows more about my business today than I do because I want it that way. I want her to be in charge. We always said that if we wanted to move to a different country and go live on an island, who's going to help us run our businesses because we don't want to close anything down. So Mm -hmm. we structured it to have the right key people in the right positions. And Tammy, it took years to get there. This is not something that happens overnight, but we knew where we were going. And that's why the planning process is so important. Today, when people start a business, I've noticed that they want to make money now. They my dream as big as the year. But when you're starting your business, you need to dream five years from now so that you can work the plan back because you want to be around in five years. You want to be around in 10 years. And when you ask someone like, where do you want to grow? How big you want your business to be? It's not just a monetary amount. It should be, I want to have multiple locations. I want to impact thousands of people. I want millions of people to know about my product and service. I want to help people. I want to employ more people. You want to change the community. There needs to be 
be more than just money because money is the bonus. Money is the additional that automatically comes when you are awesome at the rest. There is no way a business cannot make money when you have happy staff and excellent product and you're promoting it to the right people. It's not that you cannot make money. Like there needs to be so much wrong in the undercover world that we don't know about, but it's when you do it the other way around, when you focus on a, just making money and you're not thinking bigger and bolder enough in your business. So when it comes to marketing your businesses, do you have like one central marketing personal team or do you have a specialist in each of your businesses or is it a bit of a mix of both? Okay. So um, up until before we started the coffee shop, I was the marketing manager for all of our businesses. And we had one graphics designer that would just create everything. Um, I have to add that my husband always says I do four people's jobs um, it, by myself. So I am a very demanding boss. I know that. And I know that if it takes me an hour to do something, I expect you to also be able to do it in an hour, but I'm graciously getting used to the fact to let go and let people be themselves. But I know that I know what I'm capable of. And I know that people with the right guidance and the right support and the right education, they can also be great at something. Um, but I was doing all the marketing now today. We don't actually have a marketing manager anymore. I still run it through one of my assistants. We used to have a big team. I fired everybody. Um, I, we actually have one person that assists me now. And the two of us still gets to do everything that we need to do for all seven businesses. We are on every single platform you can think of. We write blogs. We have newsletters. We've got web websites. And it's all doable because we follow a, a plan, a structure, you know, like we know what we're doing today. We know what happens tomorrow. I think it becomes overwhelming when you don't have a plan. Now I'm a very much, I have 20 things on my to-do list every day, Tammy, even though I'm only getting to two of them because my to-do list is my brain dump. It's where I write down all my things, but I take a half an hour every morning and I check in with all of my lead people in my businesses to make sure that they're happy. Is everything still going well? This is what I'd like us to add. This is what I'd like us to you know, change for the day or for the week. And I check in with them now. And I've also learned, I mean, this is something that might hurt a lot of people because they don't like doing that, but I've learned to let go and let other people be great at their job. Mm -hmm. Now, for example, my husband still makes every single payment for all of our businesses. It is something that we had a hard lesson that we had to learn and he still controls that. But up until that point for him just to press pay because someone loads it, someone checks it, we have everybody else that does everything else, you need to let your salesperson be a salesperson. You need to let your receptionist be the position. You can't be everything in your job because you're just limiting your business from growing. And as I've mentioned before, is that you need to remember you and your business are two separate entities. You are a person, you have fears, you have dreams, you have goals, but your business is an empire by itself. It has magic by itself. People see it for the problem that it solves, whether it's a product or a service, and you need to let the business grow as if it was someone else's business. And when you're role-playing, and I was talking about that earlier with you, like you need to let your business dream for itself. Like almost ask your business, like, where do you want to be in five years from now? Because I can tell you, your business is going to say, I want to have a million followers. I want to, you know, impact this. I want to, you know, sell this product. I want to be collaborating with this guy. I want to be in every magazine in the country. And a lot of the thoughts, if you allow yourself just to be open to them, will scare the living hell out of you. But bringing those thoughts to you, Tammy, will open up your mind to so much more. 
Like there was a lot of PR that we've never done for some of our businesses because it just never came across where now when I'm focusing on a little bit more this year, just the most amazing things are coming from it. Like we're getting collaborations from people that I've never even heard of who wants to work with us. We're being featured on TV. We're in magazines. We're on podcasts all over the world. And, and it's because I'm opening myself up to it. It's not that I didn't want it before, but I was busy with other things. So as your business grows, you grow through phases, there's changes that's happening. And again, this time next year, I will probably be focusing on something else because as one does, you change. But specifically in, in during COVID last year, one of our businesses um, grew more during 2020 than any time out, you know, at any other time that we've had it. And it's because I said yes to a new area in our country that I wanted us to grow into. Before that, I kept saying no, because then I have to travel and I've got kids and I don't want to travel. So it wasn't a negative thing. I was just in myself and verbally saying out loud, no, not now. And then when I couldn't travel because it was COVID and no one can go anywhere, I said, well, okay, let's just say yes and see what happens. And we sold six branches in about three months. So really you you can't, your business can expand you know, expand so much faster if you just allow you to start with the thinking process first. Amazing. Yeah, that's such a, it's such an organic way of looking at business growth as well as like checking in with your business and seeing where it wants to grow. Because Mm -hmm. particularly from like a branding perspective, I know that there is, it's something that I've done with my clients before and it's something that's fairly common where you try and identify and give your brand its own personality and remember that it is a separate entity to you. It's part of you, but it is still Mm -hmm. separate to you. But when we're talking about goals, I love the approach of asking your business and doing that role play of where does your business want to go? Because it's almost like it gives you permission to let go of, oh, but I can't do that because it's not about you. It's about your business. And I think that that could be quite a liberating experience and and, um, an exercise for people to do. So, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's, that's a really good approach. Yeah. And I also think whatever niche you're in, Tammy, sorry, I I think you need to look at your competition and look at what is it that they're doing. A lot of things will not fancy you at all. It will not be aligned with what you want, but a lot of things will be bigger and bolder than what you initially thought for your business. And once you just see and ask yourself, could we do that? Could that be good for our brand? Could our impact on our community and on our people be so much better? Then that allows you to say yes more often. And then the, the energy just will be more in your space. Yeah, fantastic. So with excluding COVID, because that's something that comes up very frequently, and I'm happy to touch on this as well, but excluding kind of 2020, Mm -hmm. what are some of the key moments that you've had in your business, either kind of hardships or successes that maybe took you by surprise in, because it's been 14 years now, isn't it, that you've been running your businesses. So what are the key moments along the way that you feel that looking back you can recognize as ah yeah that really did in, influence or inspire kind of the next stage of our business well there was some tough times in the sense of when you're limited by cash and we've also had those moments where um you know we wanted to grow our business and you need to sometimes push money into the business to grow more especially when you're in the imports business and we sell products and that caused us to either have to borrow on one of our properties which is we always look at uh, when we have a problem we say okay what is the the best solution what will cost us the last which will you know will be easiest to be handling this with um and we and i remember we had to invest into the business which delayed 
delayed us from opening my coffee shop. And this happened twice, which means it took us two years longer to actually start this business. And when it almost happened the third time, I said, no. I said, now I have to start this because otherwise it will never happen. And I know this happens to a lot of people. My excuse was we needed the money for something else, but other people might have the fear of starting it. I'm alone. There's no support. Or maybe it could be the finances. Yes, now my car broke down again. And now that is where the cash needs to go. But when you are stubborn enough, sometimes like I am, and you need to say, no, enough is enough. I need to do this. How am I going to make it happen? And that's literally just a choice we made. We said, no. No, we're not going to put more money into the business. The business needs to kind of little suffer a little bit by itself so that we can start this new dream because otherwise it will never take off. And I'm glad that we did because we were able to also do our business in a little bit of a different way. We opened three branches in the first two months. Now, Tammy, I would not advise us to any brick and mortar business owner because we, we barely slept. Um, it was a crazy time. In my first year, we had five locations and it was just me and my one assistant. So we really were all over the place. But I'm very big on structure. I knew exactly how to build a team. I knew how to have the team in the right place, how to schedule my day so that I can be a little bit everywhere. Is this ideal? No, but I had a plan. And I knew that this would not be my normal day structure. I knew I was going to build a bigger and stronger team. So I already had the positions in my mind. I already knew the type of people I wanted to hire. All I was doing was waiting for them to come into my space. I don't believe in hiring too fast. I would rather suffer a little bit. I would rather have a longer line outside my store um, and maybe an unhappy customer than hiring the wrong person and then they damage my business. So that's a different story for a different day when staff hiring is a very big topic. Um, but that was something that I really knew that I wanted to do with my businesses. I wanted to structure it in a specific way. I wanted to grow. Um, but that allowed us so much more change. Yeah. So now, and I, we still struggle with businesses. Like for example, one of our businesses, we actually started in 2020, didn't work, big epic fail, and we just closed it down. And we don't even waste time about it. We, we always go into when we start something, how much will it cost us? Before we start, Tammy, we even say, what if it doesn't work, how much will we lose? Because I think going into something, knowing the worst possible outcome for this makes it also easier to go into something. And when you're in a brick and mortar, if you buy equipment, let's say for a kitchen, you know that you could resell this, the units afterwards. Yes, there'll be a loss, but it's not a total loss. Now, when you talk to someone that's never been in business and you talk to someone that doesn't come from the business industry, they would see this as a total loss. You started something, it didn't work, or you lost all your money. Nobody loses all of their money unless you're just yourself selling yourself. The only thing that you would have lost is time, but there's always some money to, to be saved back. But when you go in knowing the worst case, we're going to lose 40% and you're okay with that then it's a good chance to go into that opportunity. So we did try something. We made a small loss. We, were, we started a, a small little courier delivery service during COVID because we knew people couldn't travel. Worked really great for about two to three months. And then we were allowed out again and then it just died off. So, so we thought, okay, well, it didn't work. And we just ended it. We really didn't allow it to like train smash anything else. Um, but even today, Tammy, when we want to add something into the business, we look at the numbers, we ask whether it's a safe time to do this for the business or not. And if we're not sure, we go see someone that's good with numbers and we ask them and whether they're people that are experts at the economy or whatever, we ask for advice if the two of us don't think, you know, together we can come up with the best solution. That's really interesting. And I love the approach that you, it, it feels very much to me as an outsider, it's like you just take the emotion out of it. 
Yes. Well, you have to, you have to, because otherwise you'll be too scared to do a lot of things. Like yeah. I see that so much with people, like when they're asking us personally for advice. So for many years, people would come over for a coffee at our house, but we knew they were just coming to ask us for some <laughs> tips, which is perfectly fine. We love it. And we get so excited about things, but you could see when we say to them, oh, you should be doing this. And then you should be doing this. They get so excited, but then they go, oh, but I don't know how to do that. And it's just the lack of knowledge. It's not being surrounded enough about, you know, with the right people, not having the right energy around your space, but it is, you need to sometimes separate yourself from your business. And mm -hmm. um, even though Tammy, I have to add in, we have to remember, especially brick and mortars, it's now more than ever essential that you put your face to your brand. People need to understand if you're the owner of the salon, if you're the owner of the coffee shop, people want to connect with people. We are not just brands. You don't buy your coffee from the, the coffee shop because of the brand. People buy it because they actually want to see the owner. They like the barista. They like the lady who made the cake. They, they want to connect more with people. So when you have a story to share, it attracts a different clientele to your business as well, which are far more loyal than just people that buy and sell. And they're just, you know, like in the go-to-go -go day. But if you can build a community of people who get to know you, like we have so many loyal followers who know everything about me and my husband and they know we've got kids and they were there on the first day. And, and all of that is so beautiful because they get to support us and they remind us about why we started this in the first place. Yeah, it's such it's such an interesting approach because it's like I've never spoken to someone like you in this amount of depth before. And I'm just finding it absolutely like my brain is just fizzing away because <laughs> it's such a personal experience and such an emotional experience to start a business, which is something that you absolutely have talked about and you've shared kind of your experiences and your stories and what you've invested in it. But then equally taking the emotion out of the decisions is a whole other part of it which is taking the emotion out of the factual decisions but still keeping that emotion within the brand and within the business at its core and I feel yeah. like that is such a fine balance to try and manage between is this an emotional decision is this a decision that is going to benefit me from having emotion attached to it or is this something where emotion is going to help me connect with my audience in a better way than taking it out of it? Yeah. But in this decision, having that emotional connection is actually going to be um, bring up maybe the fears and, and my own kind of self-doubts and everything. It's just yeah, it's just fascinating to hear. Yeah, kind and, of it the doesn't, and it doesn't happen overnight that it works. Right. You know, that's why I'm saying I'm so happy that my husband and I get to do this and be on this journey always together because I might come up with a fear of something that this, I don't think this is going to work or it's going in the wrong direction. And he'll come in again, taking out that emotion and saying, well, what are the facts? What do we need to do? That's why when even it comes to staff, when it's time to let someone go, he always takes the emotion out. Like we appreciate yeah. that it's a person. We appreciate that something is, you know, like working or not working, but we always look at the business as a whole. And like he always says to our staff, you have to remember, I have all of you to take care of. And yeah. if we have one person that's bringing the business down or that's not bringing their part to make the business grow, we need to take the, the feeling factor out. We need to make the best decision for the business. So it is a practice where you have to kind of take up the role of, I'm, I'm the side person. I'm, I'm looking at it from the side. I'm now just giving my advice instead of being the one in the advice. But there are times when you get too emotional about something or you take something very personal. Um, it, it does happen. I remember, Tammy, when we started our coffee shop, so many people did not like 
the idea that we started this coffee shop because we have a very unique um, pricing structure to our business. And we we got some hate mail, to be very honest with oh, you. And okay. I was like, how can someone not like a coffee shop? Like, <laughs> where did I go wrong with this idea? But it is because some people see you as competition. Someone sees you that you're the reason that they will possibly close. And this was after day two, you know, like, so I just realized that, again, let what happens outside happens, but stay in control of what your vision is, what your mission is with your business, so that that is the most important. And when you have multiple um, team members that you need to take care of, you have to step up to that level where this decision is for the business, not for me or not for you, but for the business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, it's having that whole appreciating that the business is part of you but it's still being treated as a separate entity in its own right which yeah I think is kind of the running theme throughout all of this which is wonderful and yeah. um, I'd love to talk a little bit around the visual identities and the visual branding that you've chosen with your multiple businesses so is this something that again you've done in-house and you've kind of bootstrapped or is it something that you have invested in with each of your businesses, some of your businesses, none of your businesses. Like, I'm really curious to kind of explore how, um, from a visual side, you mm-hmm. manage the differentiate the, the between all of the different businesses. Yeah, so everything was in house. Everything is from me. Um, my husband is always says he's so grateful that I'm the creator of like anything marketing because he can't <laughs> see himself like imagining. I always say to him like, imagine this. And he goes, yeah, I believe you. Like whatever you said, I mean, like, he can't see that. But for me with every business, I would really, um, I'm good at stepping into the space. Mm-hmm. And it's literally like when, if I had to start, like we recently just started a new business, it will also follow the franchising model because it is a takeaway um, burger restaurant. And I was able to literally step into the space, which, um, and, and see what I want the stores to look like and what I want the branding to look like. And yes, I look through social media to get some kind of idea, but I always first allow my own creativity of what I always had like the little girl inside of me, what she would like it to look like. Because when we first initially started talking about the burger restaurant, um, my husband came to me and says, I've got a, a shopping center that I want to pitch this to. And I said to him, we haven't even worked out costing of a burger. And I said, and I don't even know what the logo will look like. He says, I don't care. Put some stuff on a piece of paper. I need to mail them like this afternoon. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, is it going to be pink? Is it going to be yellow? Is it going to be green? Like, I I couldn't even think of something, which was really funny because sometimes when you push me into a corner, I'm the best at what I do. And that is exactly what happened. So literally within two hours, I came up with the logo, the color scheme, just like, just like splashes on a piece of paper of what I think this brand could look like. And Mm -hmm. that is exactly what it ended up looking like. Um, But I try to put myself in the space Um, and it's usually opposite from any of the other businesses. Like the one might be a red and black theme the other one would be a yellow theme the other one is more manly the other one's more girly and it really is unique to that business itself and even when we do the social media I I seem to understand nicely how to take myself out and put myself into the shoes of the customer Mm -hmm. and say, well, now I want to, for example, like get financial advice from an accounting firm. What are the questions I'm asking? What type of ads will make me stop when I scroll? And I think that's something that 
you need to try to do with your own business is put yourself in the shoes of the customer. And we always hear these things, but you really, really need to do that. And I think it's because when I walk into a business today, I automatically look for anything that's wrong so that I can tell them how to make it better. And when you practice that by yourself, when you go to other businesses, it will teach you how to do it in your own. So that when someone comes to me today and says, oh, I saw this in your coffee shop and I'm not happy with it. I don't take any offense because anything someone can tell me to make it even better is just to my benefit. But Tammy, when people run their own businesses, we don't like hearing bad things. You don't like it when someone tells you you suck or that you didn't do it good enough or your product tastes bad. But if you actually take it and go, I'm so sorry, thank you so much. And you actually go and make it better. You'll make more money from it. That's how I see it now. Like this comment doesn't matter how you receive it because some people don't know how to nicely criticize, but I take it and go, thank you. And now I'm going to make more money with it. And that's literally, if you can adopt that kind of little bit of a cheeky attitude to it, it allows you to be more confident because it is your idea. It is your business. And you came up with this and not everything has to be the million dollar breakthrough idea, but it is yours and you get to create it in the way that you want. But remember your customer is the one paying for it. So that if you want more of them to come through the door, you need to listen to what they're saying and then move into that direction. And again, be very flexible to change because we did start our first business 14 years ago. Yes. The logo still looks the same, but so many things have changed since then and you need to be able to adapt to that because a lot of businesses kind of stay where they are and you can't unfortunately everything changes and you need to keep up you know almost like keep up with the joneses but you need to keep changing a little bit just to be more relative and relatable to your current market yeah absolutely i think that it's just remembering that your business is it, your business is almost like a living organism like it is always going to be evolving and adapting and it's going to be impacted and influenced by whatever else is going on in the world and it's not even just things that are related to your niche in your industry but you know i mean covid is a perfect example of how a global event can impact everything and the different yeah. approaches that came out from that but also things like technological advancements that could influence the way that you're able to deliver a service or marketing to your customers or clients mm-hmm. new um new social media streams like we've seen huge uptake in tiktok and clubhouse for example there are plenty of others but how tuning in with where your audience where your ideal customers are at and understanding if it's right for you to embrace that new thing trend whatever it is Mm -hmm. within your business if it is how do you do that and honestly like you keep saying it's like getting over the fear and it's like is this right for the business let's make it happen rather than is this right for the business oh I don't know how Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's, it's, it's okay not to know. It's okay yeah. to be scared and, and it's fine. It's just, you need to be more excited about the possibility so that you can start looking more into it. And if you, for example, let's say you want to go on Instagram, you've never been there. You, you don't know if your business will work, go look at niches that are similar to you, like identical actually to you and go look at what they do. And are they there? And are your customers hanging out there? And then if you want to go there and you still don't know how to do it, Find someone that is actually great at doing that and let them do it for you because the time that you'll waste trying to figure something out um, and not even sure if you can make it happen is is not worth it. It's sometimes much easier to find someone that can do it for you with a lot of passion and you know excitement and that's their kind of jam, like that's what they're good at. Then they can actually test it properly for you. And I also think everything should be tested. You should test the platform three to six months, you know, try it out, see what happens um, and then make a decision from there. But just because you don't know 
enough about it doesn't mean that it's not going to work for your business. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's more education is a great way of bypassing fear. Mm -hmm. And I think that whether that's either educating yourself with doing the thing or educating yourself by finding someone else who can do the thing, like both are good. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's also important though, that you need to understand what happens in your business. You need to understand the platforms. You need to know what's happening, but you don't have to physically do it. You can still have your thumb on everything that happens inside your business. Like for example, like now in our marketing, I would have my assistant create things. She'll do her best, you know, in the copy. I love writing copy and I feel like I express myself better, but she'll send it over to me. I'll complete it. I'll know exactly what the final layout is for the month. And then she'll go schedule it for me. So, I'm still in control of that. But even if I would hire a full-time copywriter, I would still check the stuff afterwards because it's my words. It's the way I connect with my clients. And I don't expect someone that's new to my business to instantly speak my way. I expect someone after a couple of months, yes, to kind of pick up the theme and the way I do things. But if you go into something knowing that this is going to take a little while, we need to train someone here, or I need to get used to letting go slowly, then do that, but plan it out. Just don't let the fear stop you from even just initially thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's it. It's like, don't write it off before you've explored it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Start small, but think big, I think is probably kind of how I'm going to summarize a lot of these conversations that I've had with you today. (laughs) I feel like that feels manageable but also ambitious and those are two of my favorite things um so my last question my second to last question I've got two questions for you they're both quite big questions and I'm aware of this but the first one would be across everything that you do as a business owner and multiple business owner what would be your favorite part of running your businesses the starting part <laughs> I yeah, used to why think, there's so many <laughs> I used to think that I actually have a problem because we have so many businesses but for me I figured out that the idea of starting something new it's like birthing a child I think it's absolutely beautiful I get to be the creator I get to pick the theme I get to choose how much we charge what we will sell like that space for me is so beautiful and so special and no one can tell me how to do it Like I'll take a lot of advice. I'll listen to as many people as I possibly can, but I get to be that creator and I get to test it. And I'm all about whether or not it's going to work. And that drives me more than anything else. Yes, we always talk about the numbers and my husband will always make sure that it's profitable and how much we can possibly grow to. But to be honest, Tammy, I don't even usually listen to that part. For me, it's just, can I actually do this? Like, will I be able to do this in this amount of time or in this way that I wanted to do? So the only downfall to that is, if I don't get to do it because of, let's say, I don't have time to spend enough on this new idea or I try it and it doesn't work, the downfall is quite hard because I'm very hard on myself. But I always get to look back at my other businesses and say, well, you've done this. This is successful. What can we do that we can take the best out of all of them and put that advice into a new business? And that is why it is easier for me today to start something new. But it's the creation part. And once the business is kind of running and it automates and it's you know kind of by itself, then I get a little bit bored if I had to be honest because then I'm like well now you don't need me it's like you have a child they grow up and now they're all by themselves and it's like oh okay you don't need mom anymore and I and I get that and I think it's because when we had our twins I always said to my husband we need to have another baby because when the twins leave the house we're going to have no kids and I can't handle that so we have a little boy now (laughs) he's five now but it's because of that whole like I need to be creative all the time so I know that I will probably have more businesses in 
in the future, but now I really get to do it only when I want to, only if I really want to, and if, if the if the impact is the way I want it to be. Because like I've mentioned before, the money is not going to make a difference to me at this point. Yeah. And I really want to make sure that I get to be present in whatever I choose. So if my day is to spend it with other women, just to inspire them to be bigger, then that's great for them. And if it is because my son is sick like today, then I get to be at home without worrying that my businesses will be missing me today or that the financial aspect will be affected. I get to be mom and it's because I structured my life this way, which I know, Tammy, for millions of parents, being able to be home when their kids are sick, picking and dropping them off from school or just being there you know, for small things is life-changing. And yeah. in the beginning, that was enough for me to see that the structure in which we build our businesses is the, is the model that I want to continue using. That's wonderful. I absolutely love that. And I love the fact that it really does reflect the way that you want to build your business. And I can absolutely relate to that joy of starting. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great. It's Thank crazy. You for- like you, you get energy from, I don't know where, like, I think the universe yeah. just overflows you with so much love for it. Thank you for picking this idea. And then, you know, you just run with it because I could stay up all night. I literally just brain dump all my thoughts. I literally just give off so much energy. And what happens to me is when I'm in that space, all my businesses thrive. It's mm-hmm. because I'm in the state of everything's possible. Um, let's go bigger and bolder. I, I push all the businesses to even grow even more because I'm in that state now of creativity. And that's why if you can get yourself to be a bit bolder in your current business and, and maybe start something new, you'll see that your other business will also live in that space. Because when I learn something new now that I implement in, my, in a new business, I implement it across the board. So all of my businesses will always benefit. If we decide, for example, to start TikTok, I'll start it for one business, but if it works, I'll try it for all of them, which means everybody does benefit whether or not we'll, you know, use it or not. It's the idea of I'm not scared anymore to try new things. And if I know it's just worth trying, then it's worth going for it. Yeah, absolutely. And to wrap up this episode from all of the wonderful advice that you're sharing today, if there was one thing that the listeners could take away in action today after listening to this episode when it comes to their businesses, what would be that piece of advice that you'd share? Well, I want it to be different from the previous episode. So everybody needs to go listen to that tip. But in today's yeah. one, I want to I want to suggest that if you have a business go and find at least two to three people in the niche and take them out for a cup of coffee. Um, Because learning from someone that's literally just a few months or a few years ahead of you is priceless, Temi. If you want to open up a bakery because you've always run baking, you know, cake and stuff from house, but you've never had a store, go and speak to them. They'll tell you the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between. And you cannot learn this stuff in business school. You cannot learn this from watching just YouTube videos. When you talk to someone, face to face and they get to spend the time with you, they get to give you the best value. And then they will inspire you to truly do what you want with your brand in a way that is aligned with you. But that is something I almost want to dare everybody to go and try and do is find people that is in your niche, but ahead of you. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. That's fantastic advice. And yeah, absolutely. I agree that you can learn so much more by having a conversation than you ever could from taking a course um, when it comes to specific experiences. And thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us today. I feel like this has just been 
so full of information on how to make running multiple businesses manageable and organized and not as scary. So yeah, I'm curious to see how many other listeners are now sat there squir- like squirreling away all of their ideas to go and launch their second, third or fourth. <laughs> yes, yes, please do. Please do. The world is your oyster. Please go for it. Amazing. And where can the listeners find more of you online, Nicolene? Well, I've got a Facebook group that's Multiply to Millions, where I help uh, you know everybody just to multiply in whatever they need in their business. I'm also on Instagram at Nicolene underscore Alphadad underscore coaching and everywhere else on social media, I'm Nicolene Alphadad, including my YouTube channel. Amazing. So all of those links will be in the show notes. So listeners, you can go over that and continue to learn and, and just absorb all of this energy and knowledge from Nicolene. So thank you once again for joining us today. It's just been absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Thank you, Tammy. I have such a great time. Awesome. And listeners, if you are enjoying the podcast, can I ask that you tell one other person about the Brand Lounge, maybe recommending this episode to them to listen to. It really does help the podcast to grow and it means that I can continue bringing you new episodes and new guests every week. Until next time, head on over to our Instagram, Facebook or Clubhouse communities with the links in the show notes and we can continue these conversations in the Brand Lounge.